0: Happy Friday! So today I have uh, my good friend Catherine Dramul on the show. So what's up? How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Joe. Nice to have. Nice to be here, and for you to be in Europe.
0: <laughs> I know, so close yet so far away.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. It's true. Next time.
0: I know. Next time. Uh, last time we hung out, we were, we were in uh, Berlin, but uh, you know, now we're on a um, now we're on a remote call because that's how that works. Uh, I'm in Helsinki. Uh, you're in You're in Berlin today, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah nice nice cool yeah i think we wanted to riff on the uh recent biden executive order on ai so you had some thoughts on this i tried reading it um and it was really really long but yeah it turns out it's your job to read this stuff and so i'd love to know what your thoughts are on this
1: yeah, you know, it is really long. And it also references like a lot of external documents. So if you want to read it thoroughly, mm-hmm. you're gonna to have to pull up, you know, this act and that act and the NIST standards and all this types of stuff. Um, but it has some pretty interesting stuff in it. Some things that I'm like, wow, this is a long time coming really exciting. And other things that are like, hmm, I don't know how that's gonna go. So what, what do you want to start with? You want to start with the cool stuff or the question mark?
0: Let's start with the question mark. because it's always nice to end in a high note on a Friday. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. So like, I've been a person. Um, uh, in case the audience isn't familiar, I've been working in the field of like, let's call it responsible AI or something like this for some time. And obviously, a big motivation, I think, even in the intro to the executive order, is how do we create human rights responsible. Um, privacy-aware AI and how does the government support that? And one of the things that they reference a lot of times throughout the document is fairness. So making sure Mm. there's fair models that are used for things like housing and employment and in the federal government and for policing and for national security. And they don't define what they mean by fairness, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... This becomes like a real question mark, even in the, let's say responsible AI community, it's extremely difficult for to get a bunch of people to agree. What does fair mean? And secondly, sometimes the question that we have for responsible AI isn't that it's fair, it's, is the use of this even appropriate? So when you think of policing, like, is it fair to to let's say, let's take an extreme example, is it fair to shoot somebody if you think they're armed or not? Mm. Like most of the time when we think of fairness in ML, it's just, does this group, um, are they treated the same as this other group? And we don't have a lot of technical ways and really it's probably not a technical decision to decide if the use of an AI system is fair or not. And I think that's that's a big question mark for me in reading
0: the. Yeah that's interesting. Uh, What other questions did you have (laughs) about it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a whole section about the types of models that need to be registered. Um, Some of them need to be registered with the federal government if they reach a certain size. So that is extremely new. The idea of sorting models by size
0: seems Weird.
1: um, Yeah, it's, um, it's also what
0: does this model registry look like? Like what, like, what does it entail? Very is it like registering a firearm or something or, you know, <laughs> or a car? Yeah,
1: yeah. You know
0: what
1: I, mean? I mean, I think um, a big question becomes for me, too, is if we put the burden on people building the models. Um, OK, it's one thing if you're Microsoft and, and you have a lot of legal resources. But what if you're you know Stanford or what if you're another research group and you're actively working on, let's say, LLM or multimodal research? does this put an undue burden on those folks for figuring out how to you know, walk through the legal steps? And, and we wanna to try to make that easy, right? That was a big fear with GDPR. That's something we wanna avoid with AI regulations is yep. that it prohibits researchers from doing research, right? And maybe even create special categories for research, right?
0: Hmm. The biggest question mark I had is just enforceability of a lot of this stuff. As I was reading through some of it, I, I had questions about just I mean, it, it, I think it was an. It, the intention was mostly good, I would say. Um, but the mm-hmm. one problem is it's an executive order, so it doesn't really carry a lot of um, uh, backing. Like basically, by next election cycle, if a new president is around, that AI or yeah. it, it might just be gone, right? And so then, what? So I guess if you're a company, are you, Is it better just to wait this out until you have the next president who <laughs> so understand what's happening?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So. I mean, because I could make a good case that, um, you know, if you're a lawyer, you're going to want to just kind of punt on this maybe for a bit. It's great that the administration said, yeah, you have to do all this. And it's like, yeah, but you might not be president next year either. So do I need to care about this?
1: Very good point. And I think it was really interesting reading through the text, like verses, I read a lot of takes first before I read the text, then I read the full text. And the full text calls for a lot of funding on and a lot of calls to action for different agencies to to develop standards, to develop assessments, to develop ways of talking about this, and to build in-house AI expertise, so to say, in the federal government. And that's actually some of the stuff that I thought was really cool because a lot of the executive order is not actually, this is what we have to do. It's like, we should maybe work on setting standards. We should work on setting frameworks. We should get more people who know about these things working in government and advising government. And I thought that was actually really cool, including um, money, like active money for research institutions, for, other people that are working on, let's say privacy enhancing technologies, there's a special call out for building that expertise and funding that expertise, which is pretty cool, in my opinion.
0: That's awesome. So
1: some of that may happen regardless of if somebody strikes this executive order next year, because a bunch of them are like, within the next year, we're gonna build standards around this thing within the next year, Mm -hmm. we're gonna try to fund this stuff within the next year, we're gonna try to build research opportunities. And some of that might happen regardless of who's president.
0: Let's hope so. And, and then uh, I guess, what are the good parts? So what are the highlights the, the things you're like, wow, this is so cool? Um,
1: yeah, What well, one well, quick other like part that's question mark for me is mm, there was yeah. some commentary in it around um, releasing models without guardrails. And um, for anybody that's worked in ML for any amount of time, the ability to uh, release a model, even with sufficient guardrails, is hard enough. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's always going to be ways to, to let's say, jump the guardrails, and um, trying to figure out even what the guardrails are is hard enough. And I think that that's like putting a prohibition on releasing models. And I think for research mm-hmm. sake, we want we want open model development but we also maybe want transparency to understand how our models trained what data and so on and so forth so maybe more air on the side of openness of how things are working rather than um trying to shut down openness mm-hmm. of models um but some other cool stuff so like obviously i'm a privacy person uh there's a bunch of there's a whole section on privacy there's a lot of commentary on privacy it was really amazing to start to read terms like differential privacy, which is uh, an anonymization or a rigorous way of evaluating anonymization criteria. It was really cool to see that like in a U.S. document, usually I only read those things in Europe and that was pretty cool. Um, so it's definitely like a time where the government is starting to call into action. Like maybe we need to think about privacy and if we're going to build yeah. AI systems for the federal government and for what they call critical infrastructure. We need to think about how we use person-related data, which is of Mm -hmm. course really cool. Um, And then obviously they're gonna try to work on transparency and safety of AI systems, even third-party systems used in critical infrastructure in the federal government. So just so people know critical infrastructure is also like roads and uh, communication networks and water systems and the whole gamut. So it hits a lot of areas. And finally, they also talked about building education systems for workers who might be displaced by AI Mm, systems. That's a big one. Creating new jobs in AI systems, which I thought was really cool. Mm
0: -hmm. Including a
1: whole session on like making immigration easier for people who are highly qualified and who are working in things like AI and privacy and other things like this, which I thought was a really I thought that was a nice thing.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking at the site for. Uh, there's a new AI.gov site, right? So the blueprint mm-hmm. for an AI action, uh, AI bill of rights, the NIST AI risk management framework, company commitments, national AI and R&D strategic plan. So I think that's interesting too, because they, the uh, there's, they're invoking a lot of national security stuff that you typically um, you know invoke during a national emergency. So there you go. Um, <laughs> so, and then also it's interesting because you can apply to join the, what they call the National AI Talent Surge. So you can, uh, the federal government is rapidly hiring to build and govern AI to fulfill the priorities set forth, by the buy an administration. I'm just off the site. So if you want a gerb, you can go work with, um, uh, let's see what kind of jobs they have. Actually, it's pretty interesting. So a lot of math, statistics, comp sci, these are actually pretty old jobs anyway, but you wanna go? <laughs>
1: There was this whole part about like uh, funding people who work in research or people that want to do like yeah. more cutting edge infrastructure too. That they're looking for a lot of infra people. I imagine they're gonna start mm. building out, you know, AI data centers and stuff for the government. So it's kind of cool. It's like yeah. the first time I've really seen the federal U.S. federal government be like, "We're gonna do this AI thing like full gas. Let's um, yeah. let's invest."
0: So. I'm surprised because countries like China have been doing this for ages. Right. Actually, it's funny. I was talking to Bill Inman, um, and he just got back from a, an event in China where he said that there uh, it was a data. You know, I talked to Dama, the Data Management Association, or eight. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a thousand people were at this event. I mean, it, most Dama events I've been at, you can barely get maybe not even a hundred to show up, and you know, a thousand plus. And Xi Jinping, actually, the President of China, said that the uh, data management was one of the national priorities, which is kind of crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, investment in like more and more, I think chip industry. So like, obviously, that's been a huge conversation and hardware industry and then data center industry. I mean, this stuff is gonna really um, change if if, um, it goes on a country by country basis, like how to invest in this stuff. And I think the the, what Biden is also saying a lot in this executive order is that the investment in AI and data centers and chips that run AI is going to be a high priority for the administration going forward.
0: Let's hope so. It's kind of a, you kind of need those things to make it all work. So obviously, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, fun chat. Um, for people who want to find out more about you or your wonderful book, by the way, or you should probably give that a plug too. So.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my book is called Practical Data Privacy. It's on exactly these things. So privacy enhancing technologies and privacy and machine learning systems. And um, yeah, I run a little newsletter called Probably Private. So if you want to um, stay up to date, you can go to probablyprivate.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks, Catherine. And, thanks, uh, Joe. A- yeah, we'll connect in oh. Europe uh, one of these times. <laughs> so Yes,
1: come back to Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right.
1: Yeah. Ciao.